human beings of the world, it's time to enter the spoilerverse through our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on scpod.net. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. of the Republic of Spoilerverse. Welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That is Mr. Horsley. And Hello. today on the show, well, we're introducing, well, it's actually a show that's been on the Spoilerverse network for quite a while, but we thought we'd introduce everybody to the shows that are out there that we're offering. And today, Robert Slavensky of Shooting the Sith has joined us to give us a wholehearted introduction to his amazing show. Robert, what's going on? What's going on, everyone? It's good to be here. <laughs> I like the energy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say that Shoot the Sith is probably the best Star Wars podcast name ever. That, that is a it great is, podcast and, name. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, one of the names that I, I came up with myself, uh, I'm actually pretty good at coming up with names for podcasts. I, I, I don't know. It, I, I kind of have that thing. I mean, Bridging the Geekdoms is a great one, too, just saying. so. <laughs> just not, not, not to toot your own horn or anything, but got the names down. I mean, I did sit there for, with both of the with both those podcasts. It probably took me a good week, week and a half, and probably a good 100, 150 different combinations of words and things. And yeah. finally, like, that's it. I'm going with it. I like it. Shooting the Sith is a good one because it's, like, it's so close to shooting the shit. But yeah. exactly. it's right there. It's good. It's and that, good. That was kind of the whole point because – Shooting the Sith is not your typical Star Wars podcast. Like you can go and listen to like Rebel Force Radio or something like that, and they're sitting there and they're they're just don't do that though. Listen to Shooting the Sith. Don't listen to Rebel Force Radio. Just (laughs) just don't do it. But but if they listen to these other podcasts, you know they're sitting there talking about um, you know like the news and everything like that, and that's basically all they do. It's just oh, this is what's going on in Star Wars world. Shooting the Sith is more like hey, we're just gonna shoot the shit. We're gonna sit here talk about star wars we'll touch on news absolutely but we're going to talk about our love for star wars what we want to talk about in regards to the the franchise and that was kind of the whole idea behind it because uh colton who is the host of polygon warriors and my co-host at bridging the geekdoms we kind of sat down and we just old bridging the geekdoms episodes we would have what was called star wars talk and we would sit there and just talk star wars for an entire episode release it separately from our normal weekly episodes and we're like you know what we're doing a lot of this like it, it turned out to be like two or three times a month we were doing it we're like why don't we just make a separate podcast for that and that's kind of how everything started to stem and become shooting the sith uh, it just so happens that that happened right whenever right before our hiatus with bridging the geekdoms when our lives just went crazy and we went in different directions so we never really got to continue it after i think three or four episodes we did so that's pretty much what happened. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. the whole idea behind it is just to, uh, to talk to people. And now it's not just me. It's not just Colton. It's not just, you know, I'm, I'm talking to other people within the fandom now. Uh, I, I, 
actually this past week I talked to Outer Rim Praxian, which is a lightsaber school, and just talked to them about their That's cool. their love for the franchise and how they got to creating this lightsaber school and how it's doing, what their their whole goal is behind it. I talked to other podcasts and the hosts there because so many podcasts out there they love Star Wars. Their hosts love Star Wars and they kind of stay away from it because there's so many other Star Wars podcasts out sure. there. So they kind of sit back. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and reach out to them. I'm going to say, look, want to come over and talk Star Wars for an hour or two? And that's what that's kind of the whole idea behind it is just building the community, talking to people, getting away from so much of the toxicity that is around Star Wars. Nice. I like that. To get back to the love of what Star Wars is supposed to be about and having fun and enjoying it. Exactly. Yeah, there was something special when – like when I was growing up, like a lot of people loved Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. But like when I got into junior high in the late 80s, then it became nerd, right? You're a nerd or a geek to be Star Wars. So when you found somebody else who loved Star Wars, you did have a sense of community around that franchise, which uh, there's not a lot of, there's just not a lot of movies that do that. Not that long, too. Uh, you know, you're right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could take a look at things like Star Trek, uh, Battlestar Galactica, which are similar, you know, um, genre, sort of. You know, I mean, Star Wars is more space fantasy. Star Trek is more sci-fi. And they have the longevity. But the amount of fans, the – the, I mean, take a, take a look at Star Wars. They're the only fandom, the only fandom that has their own convention on a yearly, bi-yearly basis. And that gets – millions of people going it, it, you know like yeah you have your trekkies and you have your you know star trek conventions but you don't hear about them you know star wars celebration is so large it is you know blasted over the internet i mean it is people watch around the world who can't make it that's how big star wars is so you know getting away from all the negativity is is kind of a big deal especially now since disney purchased lucasfilm and how things have been going on since 2012 and how the fandom has kind of <laughs> turned their back a little bit on what George Lucas created. It's very decisive. It's weird. Cause like half the fandom hates it. Half the fandom loves it. <laughs> yeah. It's divisive. Very much yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I do talk about things that I don't appreciate, you know, within star Wars, within the fandom and, and not just the fandom, but what they've done. You know, I'm not going to sit there and just say everything is all, you know, roses and, and, unicorns you know because it's not there are things that that have upset me that i wish they would have done better but i'm not going to sit there and dwell on it i'm not going to sit there and say somebody who does like it that they're wrong right <laughs> you know like that's not the whole that's not the point of being a fan of something it's respecting each other realizing that hey there are what 11 films now within this franchise and if you like one of them or if you don't like another one there's another one you can like you know it, like that's that's the whole thing it's like why is it if you don't like one movie that, oh, the franchise is crap now? That just doesn't make sense to me why people think it that way. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I mean, for me, the, the new ones brought me my favorite scene in all of Star Wars now. I mean, it used to be the whole Carbonite scene of Harrison Ford getting put in, or it was the scene where, well, Empire Strikes Back is my all-time favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. And it still is. I don't think it'll ever be different because I remember seeing it in the movie theater when it came out. I remember there's so much around it beyond just the movie that makes it my favorite, uh, you know? The holiday special is totally better. The, right. But my favorite scene in all of Star Wars now is near the end of Rogue One with Darth Vader, which almost didn't yeah. make the movie. And yeah, it almost it's didn't like happen. You finally saw Darth Vader the way 
you always imagined he would be fighting. You know what I mean? Because you only never really see him fight in all the movies except for with, you know, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan and Luke. Yeah. And that's the thing. That is a great scene. It's a scene that almost didn't happen also for those who don't know the story behind Rogue One. I mean, Gareth Edwards was uh, was the director of the film, but at some point they were like, you know what? We don't like the direction he's going, so we're going to kind of reshoot some things, re- re-edit some things, and retool it. I can't remember the guy who they brought in. I, it's top of my tongue. I can't think of it. Tip of my tongue, not top of my tongue. It made no sense. But <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you know, try, they, they tried something different. Yeah, right. They tried something different, you know, and, and they brought they brought Vader there. And I don't think they expected it to be as like loved as it was, but it is a fantastic scene. It also helps establish the fear that the rebels have at the beginning of A New Hope, you know, because when you first see that movie, especially nowadays, it doesn't quite land like I'm sure it did in the 70s and even in the, in the 80s. You know, that fear because everybody knows who Darth Vader is now. So. That little tidbit by, from Rogue One now kind of enhances that for the new generation. And I, I that's one reason why I really like what they did there. I got to say Rogue One is, is actually probably one of my favorite Star Wars films just because I, went, I don't know. I, just, I really, really enjoyed that movie when I saw it. It's It was just well done, I think. Even I mean, I know I had you know, a bunch of reshoots to fix things, but I think they fixed them well. And I, like, I liked it overall. Well, Dan, Robert, you ready to, to listen in on a on – a- classic episode of shooting the sith it's not too classic i mean uh colton uh joined me on this episode we sat down and reviewed uh the newest video game within the star wars franchise nice. which is uh, uh fallen jedi order jedi fallen order star wars jedi fallen order i always mix up those words uh, <laughs> that came out it was a fantastic game but you know, sit down. That's what this episode is. We we review the game. We kind of dive into the lore. We explore what could happen even after the game as well. You know, it's one thing that we love to do is we love to speculate. That's the greatest thing about being a Star Wars fan is the speculation. Sometimes that is more fun than going and see the movie sometimes. And yeah, that's kind of what we did. Yeah, so. Nice. I like it. Well, let's sit back and listen. of Shooting the Sith. I'm your host, Robert Slavinsky, and with me yet again, and maybe this could be a regular thing going on here, is Colton Bird. Howdy. All right, so this episode of Shooting the Sith, we are going to be talking and reviewing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Both of us have gotten to play it from start to finish. We both highly enjoyed the game. We're just going to get that out of the way right now, but we're going to review it. We're going to talk about the game. What, what was what was good about it? What was bad about it? Should you go and play the game? I mean, it's been out for a while now, but we want to uh, review it so people who have not gotten a chance to play it 
maybe go and pick it up now. Everybody's in isolation, sitting at home doing nothing. Now's a perfect time to check it out. So real quick, a little bit about the game. Um, a little synopsis of it. Uh, after narrowly escaping the Jedi Purge, you're on a quest to rebuild your fallen order. Pick up the pieces of your shattered past and com- complete your Jedi training, all while staying one step ahead of the Empire and its deadly Inquisitors. The cool thing I liked about this game was how it introduced, uh, or not introduced, but brought back the Inquisitors. Something that was introduced in the show Rebels, uh, created by Dave Filoni, it, it, it was they, they brought them back into the mix, into a video game, which I thought was a really cool idea. Yeah, I enjoyed how they... Uh... They tied, uh, what was it, the ninth sister? I, I don't remember her name. Okay, I'm terrible with names. <laughs> um, now, before we get into uh, it... Uh, I can't remember. Before we get into <laughs> it here, um, I do want to apologize to everybody. Uh, because we're in isolation, You know, we're doing this from our respective homes, keeping our social distancing and everything like that, so... If the audio is a little sketchy from time to time, I do apologize. That's just the uh, unfortunate uh, use of Skype in doing this. Uh, once Colton gets his setup all up and running and working like it needs to, we could probably make it sound better. But for the time being, we just wanted to get some content out to you. So we apologize for the sketchiness of the audio sound. Uh, oof. Oof. <laughs> now, the game released November 15th of 2019. It released on... Uh, Microsoft Windows and Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 using the Unreal Engine 4. Uh, developed by Respawn Entertainment and published by EA. Respawn Entertainment is still a relatively new company, if you don't yeah. know that. They only have a few games under their belt. Um, the Probably the most famous one is Titanfall. Uh, Titanfall, Titanfall 2 are probably their biggest games uh, to date, they then created Apex Legends as well as Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and it looks like they are making for 2020 a new Medal of Honor, which is interesting, but it's going to be for the Oculus Rift. Oh, yes! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Star Wars Fallen Order. So, it was a fun game. I like the aspects that they brought into it, you know, bringing characters in. Uh, from the cartoon, from from Rebels, not the same characters, but the Inquisitors. Same concept. Yes, yeah. Uh, um, which was really cool. Now the setting. I mean, it starts off. It is uh, five years after Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, but it is nine years before Star Wars Rebels and fourteen years before Rogue One and Star Wars: A New Hope. the The game follows Jedi Padawan Cal Kestis. And he's played by actor Cameron Monaghan, uh, who you may know from uh, Shameless or Gotham. He was uh, the Joker, essentially, on Gotham. And uh, he's being hunted by the second sister and her partner, the ninth sister. They're both trained by Darth Vader and are part of his Imperial Inquisitors. So that is the basis of the game right there is you're going through and and it's almost like the, the small sparks of the rebellion are, you know, you can kind of see throughout the game. Uh, we, we come across, uh, what's his face. Um, I can't remember his name now, man. I'm bad at a bad. He was in rogue one. I can't remember. Uh, 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 
Hill or Donna in this movie or in this movie in this game? No, no. Um, um, mm. Tarful's in this game, and that's a reference to episode three. Oh yeah, Tarful is from episode three, but I'm talking about Rogue One, which uh, is Saul Guerrero. There we go. Yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> Saul Guerrero is is in the game, which is is an interesting surprise. Spoilers, but it is a cool surprise to see him in the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, come on, t- tell me some of your thoughts. Where I mean, that's I set up the basis of the game, but what are your thoughts and, and kind of review of this game? Um, I I really enjoyed the game. You, uh, like the exploration is really interesting, and at times most planets actually introduce you to a ton of new uh, fo- fo- foliage. Foliage. That's how I think that's how you say that word. Okay. And and um. <laughs> And just like natural life, like Kashyyyk, you get the, I don't know what they're called exactly, but they're the spiders. Um, and uh, what's that first planet where you find, I don't want to talk about the story yet, but it's the first planet you come down on that Sierra, Sierra, Sierra takes you to that has like, has like the giant frogs and stuff like that. I I enjoyed like the little expanding of the Star Wars universe of what we already know, just kind of adding the, you know, little things here and there were cool. So, I mean, with the, the planets that were in the game were fun. I mean, there's only what, five, maybe six. Um, we got Bugana, we got Kashyyyk, we have, uh, Dathomir. Um, let's see. I know Ilum's in there. Ilum is in there. Zeph, uh, Zepho. Zepho. And I know I'm missing a couple here. I'm trying to look. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not there's not too many planets in the game. And that's kind of... It's a good thing and also a bad thing, I think. Uh, while I, I was real excited to, to travel to a planet like Dathomir, which we've never gotten to really explore before... Uh, Kashyyyk has been used in games prior, uh, but Dathomir, I think, was probably my most excited to, to go to. Ilum was cool, but that's kind of a, a one-and-done type of deal. Like, you go yeah. there and you're done, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, yeah, but you do I, learn, I wish they would have expanded a little bit more there on the lore. And I do like how you learn a little bit of what Ilum becomes in the future as well. Um, yeah. That That's kind of cool. But... I mean, overall, I, I I wish that there would have been a little bit more when it comes to planets. Uh, not so much. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know a lot of people hate, you know, going to the same planets every single, you know, game and movie and stuff like that. But, you know, when the sequel trilogy came out, we didn't get to travel to really any of the known planets that we've ever seen before. You know, like the prequels and the original trilogy there was always those those planets that we you know Tatooine for instance you know Coruscant you know these are all planets that we went to multiple times over the course of six films when you get to the sequel trilogy you know you hit Tatooine once you hit Jakku once you know everything is just you're kind of there one time and there was no no familiarity with any of that stuff you know it was all so new and I don't mind new but I'd like to see some familiar settings and uh the game i don't think did that well enough like kashik sure you know that's that's cool because we've seen kashik before but uh i think there was just too much new 
when it came to the game, when it comes to planets, I would have liked to, to have seen the story go different directions to planets we've been to before. Um, like how cool would it have been if, if Cal would have had, would have had to go to, to Coruscant and was, you know, down in the, the underworld of Coruscant for some reason, like that would have been really cool being that close to the emperor and stuff like that. I just think it would have yeah. been cool. And then you would have had a reason to tie in like, I don't know, Boba Fett or some other bounty hunter. Like, you know, there's a Jedi on the loose. Yeah. You have the Inquisitors and a bounty hunter after him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be really cool. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the next one. But I I think from my standpoint, when we take a look at this game by itself, I think that was kind of just a little missed opportunity for them because there was too much going back to the same planets. You know, they had the ability to uh, have the ability the option to go to different planets, but they were like, all right, we're going to have these five, six planets and you go here once, then you go to another one then you have to go back to this one. And then you go here and then you go back to that one, you know? Yeah. So the, the bouncing around, I wasn't a fan of, cause it seemed like, okay, well I just explored this planet as far as I can. Okay. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'll wait. Now I have a whole nother half of the map to discover back at the same planet. Why didn't you just let me explore it? Yeah, exactly. Like that, that would have been, a little bit better, you know, instead of going back and forth. Uh, I think uh, the customization was nice, but I would love to see them expand on it a bit more. You know, it seems like with this game, what Respawn was trying to do was was give a little bit of RPG elements to an action-adventure game. Yeah. And it felt like it just fell a little short when it came to the customization. I would like to have seen a little bit more from it. And uh, I think that would have been a lot more exciting to be able to do a lot more of that when it comes to not so much as abilities, because the abilities are, you can only do so much with customization with abilities, but even just the character customization, it was very limited to what you could get and wear and dress up as, you know? And yeah. And even then you had to find them, which was even kind of more annoying because I went through, um, Oh, God. I don't remember what the name of the planet is. I'm so bad with names. But it's the one that has, like, the Crash Venator on it. Okay. And if you, you, could, you could swim underwater in the game, but the water is so dense and foggy. And the same thing on Kashyyyk, that if you aren't actively paying attention, you're going to miss it. Yeah. Like, completely. Like, not see it at all. Mm-hmm. And then there's things like the Venator, where if you're not actively going out and exploring you miss a really cool detail in the game about which this isn't really a spoiler for say, but if you're in the Easter eggs, it's kind of a spoiler, but it's the story of order 66. And it was a Jedi master and her Padawan on the Venator. And it was their story. And you're living it through cows. I don't know what you want to call it. It was a force force vision. Yeah. Yeah, Force force vision vision thing. But you, you relive that story through that. And that's something that's cool. But if you don't actively go out of your way to look for, you miss it completely. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that if there should have been something where, like, it kind of would have pushed people more towards exploring something like that instead of going, well, this is the 15th time I'm on this planet. I'm just going to speed run through this. Exactly. And that's kind of what happened. Uh, More specifically, like, while I enjoyed going to Dathomir, it was kind of like the, the second, like the first time I went there, I was exploring. I was having a good time, you know, but yeah. when you go and then back you realize there, the, the night brothers and night sisters are super OP. And when you first go there, <laughs> exactly. But when you go back, I mean, you just kind of speed run through it, which I mean, 
Yeah, I understand why they're doing that, but uh, you know, so you can get from point A to point B quicker. And who wants to go through all that stuff again? But why not just make a new planet? Why not, you know, or make it all happen at one time? Why have to go back and forth to those planets? And it just—it's a little annoying. And and you know, when you talk about when I talk about the customization and stuff like that, that's part of the exploration. You have to go and find all this stuff and. When you go, you know, from one planet to another and you go back to that planet again, you don't want to explore. You just want to kind of rush through. So getting that stuff isn't all that important. Like, I know there's people out there who love 100% in games. I'm not one of those people. I like to, I'm a story-driven guy. Like, when I play a video game, I just want to play for the story. I want to know what's going to happen next. All the side pieces, all the the different um, customizations and stuff like that, that's cool if I come across them, but I'm not going out out of my way to look for them and that's kind of the problem i i run into when it comes to games like that that you have to go and find everything to be able to customize you know it's kind of annoying and going back to the story thing because this just popped in my head wouldn't it have been cool to see cal actually go to tatooine and kind of deal with the huts um again yeah uh, i would like to see stuff like that Uh, but you know, you, you also have to remember in the context of the story of what he was doing, you know, and, and yeah. realize, is Tatooine really a necessary uh, place for him to go? No, but Coruscant could have been, you know, with the Jedi Temple there and everything like that. Like, there are reasons that, you know, going to a place of Coruscant would be really cool to go to. The Tatooine would be cool, but I think that's more of a, a uh, you know, s- a sequel destination or something like that where uh obi-wan is involved you know something like that because he is going out looking for force sensitive um people you know and and trying to help build um you know a, a force to go against the empire and i think that would be an interesting thing to see is going to and finding obi-wan kenobi and going on an adventure or two with him uh, which maybe that's what the Obi Wan Kenobi series is going to be about, or you can check out our um, <laughs> you beat me to it <laughs> um, our little uh, fan fiction that we have over at spoilerverse.com, where uh, Colton and I are making a Kenobi show ourselves, and it actually ties into Jedi Fallen Order a bit. Um, now the Night Sister, because um, we you know we meet up with Night Sisters as well, so we have. A couple of characters that we meet um, in the beginning of the game, and uh, that is um, Seer, um, and what's his name? Um, man, I can't, I'm terrible at this, too. Um, the short guy <laughs> with, like, four arms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, that's going to – hold on. I'm sure I have it somewhere. Grease. There Grease. we go. Yeah, and they are on the Stinger Mantis. That is the ship that Grease uh, owns and pilots. And you, the three of you are kind of on this mission to go and, and, you know, make Cal a better Jedi and finish his training to help build up a rebellion as a force to go against the Empire. Uh, the first job is to start finding holocrons and a holocron to uh, lead to Jedi younglings, you know, younglings who have the ability to become Jedi, uh, force-sensitive younglings, I should say. And that's going to lead you to creating a new Jedi order a sense in a sense to come up against the empire and Palpatine and Darth Vader. 
you find out that Seer was one time a Jedi, but has left it behind because of what happened and how uh, her um, apprentice was it her apprentice or was it her, her was her apprentice? Yeah, it was her um, apprentice. Yeah, her apprentice kind of fell out, and she didn't. She was una- unable to protect her apprentice. Um, and she actually becomes, and again, spoilers for all of, all of you if you haven't played the game, but she does become one of the Inquisitors, which is very, very interesting. And I thought it was a cool little twist, too. I did. I, yeah. I really like that twist. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where you are at the beginning. You then, once you get to Dathomir, obviously, if you've watched Clone Wars at all, Clone War, the Clone Wars cartoon um, really dives into the world of Dathomir and the Night Sisters and everything like that. The Night Brothers. It's really cool, and I, I highly recommend checking out that story arc in the Clone Wars. But you learn a little bit more about the Night Sisters, and the Night Sisters have all been eliminated for the most part on Dathomir, with the exception of one. And uh, her name is Cordova, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, no, Cordova's the Jedi Master. They follow. Uh, no, who is Jedi Master named Cordova? Uh, what is her name? I can't find it now. Death Mirror. Surviving uh, Mir- Marin. Marin. No. Uh, yeah, it's Marin. <laughs> yeah, we're terrible at names. We apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Night Sister Marin, she, you know, she kind of joins up. So, Night Sisters are kind of like witches in the Star Wars universe and Star Wars galaxy. They have uh, interesting abilities uh, to utilize and. Uh, some people kind of feel like, and, and I've talked to some people who feel like they are sort of force sensitive in a way, but they manipulate it and use it for uh, bad in a sense. You know, they're witches, you know, and they yeah. don't like the Jedi. They don't like the Sith. They don't want any parts of either of them, but they have this like ability, this magic ability. And uh, she kind of joins out, uh, joins with Cal because Cal is like, look, I have nothing against the Night Sisters. I have nothing against you. You know, I'm just trying to get rid of the empire i'm trying to save this galaxy and you know she wants her revenge she she wants to to avenge her her fallen night sisters and she realizes that cal's a good choice to to team up with and and work with in this uh mission of her own and that's kind of what happens in the game which is kind of cool i like it yeah i I dig it she blames the the massacre of her people on the jedi during the clone wars but you know Cal kind of explains to her, like, look, that's not me. <laughs> that's not who yeah, I am. You can't, you can't blame me for something that I have no control over. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, you kind of join forces with her in a way. But, again, that's kind of my, my issue with the game as well, because I think it would be really cool if you got to play as her, you know, yeah. at some points. You know, like, that would have been kind of neat to do. And there are video games that do that kind of stuff relatively well, where and kind of switch characters from time to time. And then there's games that do it really poorly. And I think this game, the way that Respawn made this game, I think it could have been done pretty well. Like when you go back to Dathomir, instead of running through it as, as Cal again, maybe you run through it as a Night Sister as her. You know, like yeah. stuff like that would have been a, a cool idea and a cool uh, change of pace for the game. So it just didn't feel so repetitive. Again, the story is amazing. The gameplay is a lot of fun. While I think the controls may be a little clunky, uh, I, I think yeah, it there, been- there's there's no point in blocking in that game at all. No. Blocking <laughs> does not work unless you're holding it for five seconds before they attack you. Yeah, yeah, 
But uh, again, I, I think it's, you know, it, it would have been cool to add that aspect into it. Maybe it's something they do in a sequel. But uh, again, that's, I think it's a missed opportunity. Definitely a missed opportunity. Now, during this whole time, again, you're being chased by the Night Sisters, or not the Night Sisters, by the Inquisitors. You know, uh, the second sister, as well as the ninth sister, are uh, chasing you down and trying to capture you. Um, and that's pretty much, you know, what you're dealing with in, in the whole entire you know, game, just getting away from, from the Inquisitors and trying to find the Holocron. And it leads you from one planet to another, to another planet, to another, back to those planets, back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Um, you do come face to face with the Inquisitors a couple times, which I, I feel like, again, could have been done better. Uh, yeah. you know, the game, the game does a, they do a, a really good job at making a very, um, uh, linear game feel open world because it is a very linear game. Yeah. You, you pretty much go from point A to point B, <laughs> but it feels like more like an open world type of game. It does. But in the same sense, uh, there's the boss battles, which, feel so confined you know yeah you're when you're facing them i mean you literally almost every single one you're in a, a very similar type of environment it's just a, like a rounded area and you just run around the area and, and fight the, the 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 boss essentially boss battle yeah and it, which it, is it, sad because you have force users you can oh wow we pushed each other off of the ring Ooh. yeah you know. exactly exactly <laughs> um so I, I think it was a missed opportunity to to build off of that and make it a little more extravagant, a little different. Uh, one of my favorite things in that game, in, in the game, was was in the beginning when you're getting away from the Inquisitors running on the train. Yeah, like, was that was a cool scene. That was a cool not scene, but a cool uh, sequence to play. And you kind of get away from that throughout the game. You know, you don't really do anything like that again until the end of the game. Yeah. Like literally <laughs> the exact end of the game. Exactly. When you're getting away from spoiler Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Because Vader, you know, interrupts, um, your mission and, you know, he starts coming after you and Seer and, and yeah, you have to get away. And it's very similar. It's, it's, you know, reminiscent of what you did in the beginning of the game. Except way cooler. Yeah. Way cooler. Now, the puzzle aspect, because there, that, that was a cool aspect that they brought to an adventure game, uh, were the puzzles. There's different areas and different uh, planets that you go to where you actually have to complete certain types of puzzles to open different areas of the planet to get to to complete and, and move forward in the game. How did you like that? Um, I didn't mind them. Some of them were annoyingly difficult for no reason. Excuse me. Others were like, what, what do I do? And then you can use uh, BD, which is your little robot buddy, who's really cool for no reason. I guess Star Wars has a thing with like robot sidekicks. Yeah. But um, like, you can use him for hints, but those hints only go so far when you're in an empty room and you have to figure out what you need to do. And mm -hmm. there's like no, like, hey, maybe you start here. There, there's nothing. You just are in an empty room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's, there's many aspects that I, they could have done better with it. 
Um, repetitiveness. Again, there's just so much repetitiveness going on in the game, and it just kind of ruins it for me. And that seems it's not just this game that happens to, but look at some of the bigger games over the past, you know, decade. That's what these games have fallen into. Is it's like, okay, we'll make one level. And then the next level will be the same, just slightly different. The next level will be the same, just slightly different, you know, just a different setting, you know, and, and you're that's attacking kind of, Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> also kind of attacking Assassin's Creed. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's kind of my my biggest issues with the game overall. Like I said, the story is a blast, a blast to to, to experience. Um, probably one of the better stories that we've gotten you know, since Disney has purchased Lucas, uh, Lucasfilm. Yeah. The story's definitely ripping. I enjoy yeah. it. Uh, again, the gameplay could be better, but there's a lot of potential there and I hope they build on it. That's what I want to see. I want to see them build on the gameplay because, uh, to me, that's how you move forward with video gaming. You know, instead of just copying and pasting like call of duty or assassin's creed actually building on and saying, okay, this is what people didn't like. This is what could be done better. Um, and moving forward, you know, that like, that's, that's how I hope they, they do it with the, the sequel, because I believe a sequel was announced, um, or was so. announced. So it is coming. We just don't know when I'm sure it'll be in the next generation of consoles. Not soon enough though, if you ask me. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. One day I doubt it's going to be the end of this year that, that we get this game. Uh, consoles, hopefully we get at the end of this year too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what else do you have? I mean, I, I've kind of rambled on a good bit about um, it. I wish we would have saw. I mean, I know Seer is kind of a Jedi, kind of not a Jedi. But I wish we would have saw more. Like, I understand they're in hiding, but, you know, some of them didn't detach themselves from the Force. But again, how cool would it have been, you know, even going back to a, or going to a planet as Seer and her slowly tapping back into the force. Yeah. Not that would have been cool. You know, but maybe you go back to that first planet of Bagana and you're running through. And because she's running through that, that planet, which has a heavy um, Jedi and, and force influence on it, she starts slowly tapping into it, but is resistant, you know, so she's resisting it, but she has to tap into it slightly to get through what she has to get through but so that when she comes back, she's still not back into being and using the force, but it would have been cool to see her. Have yeah, her, to her learn as much as Cal does. Yeah. Yeah. If even that much, it didn't even need to be that much, but that again, it's just a missed opportunity. You have these other characters who would have been cool to, to expand on slightly, but just giving the opportunity to, to, to play, to add a little bit more mechanics to the game and a little bit of diversity and, and change of pace. You know, like that would have yeah. been nice. It really would have been nice. And um, nothing against what they did with Cow. I love the story that, that we have with Cow, but it just got so repetitive with the same character over and over and over again. And uh, the, the new abilities that you learn while you go through it are cool and all, but some of it just doesn't make any sense why it takes you half the game to learn how to double jump. You know, like, yeah, that was so <laughs> dumb to me. Oh, I have to play a quarter of the game to learn how to grip onto a ledge. Yeah, exactly. Let's, some of those mechanics and and, and like I under, I understand, but that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a little tough. Like you know, to to learn to force push, like you can't just force push right away. Like what the heck? You can't force pull. Like 
that's like Jedi 101, you know? <laughs> yeah, like you are learning that out the womb. Yeah, exactly. Like as soon as the Jedi kidnap you from your parents and start, wow, that sounds dark. But <laughs> as soon as they I take mean, your parents and start training you, that's basically some of the first stuff you learn is how to tune into the force at the at the basic level you know yeah yeah and i i did like the flashbacks to order 66 with cal those were cool yeah yeah again i mean if we would have saw not the same thing over and over again but you know the first two times were cool (laughs) you know so what is it that you want to see in in the in future you know with this this game and this this series um well, at this point, Vader knows he exists, so I'm going to have to say either uh, – you don't want to introduce too many more Inquisitors, but you're going to – he's probably going to have to outrun fleets and stuff now, and there's going to be, like – I don't know. You have to introduce, like, some different Imperial um, – like, Death Troopers weren't – they were supposed to be big bads, but they weren't really that big or hard to defeat. Um, I don't know. There's going to have to be a new main villain. That would be interesting to see how they do it, but I would love to see more exploration and, like, something new with the lightsaber. Like, the lightsaber doesn't get cool until, like, the end of the game mm-hmm. <laughs> when, like, you make, you quote-unquote make your own, even though you yeah. don't make your own. Yeah. Like, and all that. It, it doesn't really get cool. Like, there's two points. You get that where you get to customize your lightsaber color, and then when you are on Dathomir... And you make it. You can get dual bladed. Mm-hmm. It, outside of that, you need to do more with the lightsaber. Like it, it's a lightsaber, you could do infinite things with it. Yeah. Um, more exploration. I wouldn't mind. Like I know Mass. What was it? Mass Effect Three did this, where you explore the systems, but like you would fly the ship between, like planet to planet. And it wouldn't be like, oh, you're in the cockpit and you're literally flying through space. It'd be like a little map and you have a little ship and you'd fly to the planet. So that way, like, oh, there's an Imperial star f- Starfleet there. Oh, I got out, out void them and they chase you around and stuff like that. I think that would be fun to a little occupied time because, you know, when you're going from planet to planet, you just sit in the cockpit and do nothing until it loads. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of annoying. Um, but again, I, I mean, it's still the next generation of gaming is going to be. A lot more fast. Yeah. So it's not going to, I'm sure loading times aren't going to be as bad, but maybe they will. I remember back in the day when they went from, um, you know, cartridge to disc, they're like, you know, cartridges had no load time. And then it was like disc, oh man, you have load time. And they're like, oh, but wait, Xbox and PlayStation 2, hardly any load time. Did you play more wind? (laughs) Like that game on the Xbox to load the map. It took you like 15 minutes just to, to start the game. So you did know, you like, play cr- that one crash game for the PlayStation two where the load times were like 25 minutes. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, but so it's, they always talk about, Oh, load times are going to be quicker, but it always seems that they just either stagnate or get longer uh, just because the games get so much bigger and a lot more in, in depth. Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, when, I, when we talk about the future of this, 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 this specific story, I, I don't want them to go past three games. I think making it a trilogy is a great idea. I think Endgame for Cal is to, to kill him off. Uh, you yeah. can't have him. You can't have him hanging out uh, during Rogue One and uh, A New Hope. You know, that's just one of those things. It's kind of like we already know that Ahsoka is around during that time, and she never pops out and helps Luke in the, the rebellion at all, as far as we know, uh, during the original trilogy. 
We can't have another Jedi who's like that. Uh, that is very true. Because that would be a waste. Like, why is there two not helping anybody? Exactly, exactly. Uh, so they, they do, the end game has to be his death, but it has to be an honorable death, a good death. And um, I think that by getting rid of and killing off uh, the one um, Inquisitor was a bad idea because had, they could have had her as kind of his whole, like his villain through the yeah. entire thing. Like, yeah, you have Vader, but having that one Inquisitor would have been cool to have through three games and it come down to the two of them. And then having an end game similar to what Endgame of this was, where Vader comes, kills her, and then he dies, or he tries to protect her, you know, because she starts to turn back to the light, or something like that. Like, that would have been yeah. cool. But um, I think they do need to build on the mechanics of the game. I think they need to add some more exploration. But what I want to see with this series, I want this series to continue in a different, in a, in a way, uh, how I always wanted The Force Awakens, or not Force Awakens, The Force Unleashed, to, to kind of continue. I think this this series can continue by doing trilogies of games. So you have this Jedi fallen order, but then you can do something like Sith, the beginning or something like that, the beginning order or something like that, where you go back and you do the story of Darth Maul on how he becomes who he becomes under Palpatine's training and lead all the way up to episode one and end the game where you fight Obi-Wan in episode one that would just be really cool to me to see them do that because a game like this, the mechanics, the type of gameplay that it is, how cool would it be to do that with Darth Maul? You know, that I've, would always, be dope. I've always said that they should have done that with the force unleashed. And I think they could do it here just as, as well, if not better. So I, I, that's kind of what I want to see from them. Obviously we need to get a couple more games out because we want to finish Cal's story or they can have, you know, respawn branch off and, and do, you know, a title over here and a title over here, kind of how Activision does with their um, Call of Duty games. You know, like they have two companies working on it under EA, you know, for one title. So that'd be interesting. That's what I want to see. But uh, do you have anything else? I mean, is is that pretty much a good review? Are you done? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish there was more to show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't I can't wait to see what they do with it. I, I tell people go and play the game. You'll enjoy it. It's not a perfect game. It's not, but it is a Star Wars game that we needed. Um, it's a good story. It's fun. And I look forward to what they can bring in the future. Yeah, it's it's not a good, it's not an amazing game, but it's an entertaining game. <laughs> um, if you guys haven't yet on the Shoot in the Sith feed, you can find a commentary for The Force Awakens. Up now, a couple years ago, Colton and I sat down and did a Force Awakens commentary, so check that out. Uh, for more Star Wars content and Shooting the Sith, make sure you go to SpoilerVerse.com. You'll find everything there. Uh, I know I've said this before, but I want to keep telling people, go check out Spoiler Country. They did an interview with Emily Swallow, who is the armor from The Mandalorian. Go check it out. It was an excellent interview that they did over there. Emily Swallow, is, she's a lot of fun. Uh, she just seems like a, a like she'd be a blast to hang out with. You know, she's very appreciative of everything that she's gotten in life, and the fact that she's now in the Star Wars universe just makes it even better. And she's so excited about it, and she loves thinking about the character. So check that out. Um, you know, keep an this eye out for more. This is the way. <laughs> uh, keep uh, your eye out for a lot more coming from the spoiler verse. We have seven shows part of the network now. We have a new show starting next week. And uh, so much more coming down the line. So make sure you 
stay and check out spoilerverse.com for all of that. Join the Spoilerverse on Facebook. Just search the Spoilerverse. You'll find the group. Join it. That's where the discussion's going on. That's where we want to talk to all of you and find out what what you guys want to hear and see in the network and on the show. So make sure you check that out. Uh, besides that, thank you for joining me again, Colton. Like I said, I hope this is just becomes a regular thing now with you back on podcasting yeah. with me all the time. And, now that uh, it's figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening and uh, talk to you all later. May the force be with you. That was cool. That was kind of like a Polygon Warriors slash Shoot Seth crossover with video games and Colton. You there? Yeah. Well, I mean, Polygon Warriors <laughs> was but a thought in Colton's mind at this time when we did this. Right. But... <laughs> See, it is a classic episode. Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> <laughs> no, Colton's great. He knows his video games, and that's one reason why I love talking to him when it comes to anything video yeah. game related. Uh, because he knows his games really, really well. And that's kind of what we did. We sat down and we just, you know, we both played the game start to finish, not together. Um, sometimes we play together. We hold hands while we do it, you know, but yeah, <laughs> we know. Of course. <laughs> hey, it sounds like Johnny and I, right? <laughs> <laughs> Matching onesies, a little but, bowl of popcorn. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's awesome to talk to with video games. And this, I'm going to throw a little plug in for his, podcast polygon warriors you know his first episode i was on as well as a buddy of ours cj and we talked the eighth generation of video games it was an awesome episode some good back and forth as well going on between me and cj uh check it out and i look forward to what colton is going to do back and forth right as arguing yes <laughs> Uh, but I, I look forward to, to seeing what he brings to the table with polygon warriors because he is extremely knowledgeable with video games and that's exciting yeah that's cool hey what did you think of Knights of the Old Republic? Oh God, that seems oh. awesome, dude! It's Excellent. like I didn't hear you know you don't hear you don't hear it thought, talked about as much anymore. But that was a super popular game. Yeah, I mean, it came out what two thousand one, I believe two thousand two, somewhere around there. It changed yeah. it, it was, everything. Oh yeah, I mean that that changed role playing games for for at least console gaming completely. You know the way that that companies would approach how to create a role playing game and. It's just it's amazing what 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 they were able to do and uh, Bioware you know they've been in the game for a while they did you know that one they did Knights of the Old Republic two then they did the Old Republic which was an MMO RPG they did Halo and, right uh no no who was Halo no, that's uh rare Halo's Bungie Bungie no it was Bungie oh, Bungie that's Bungie right. yeah Bungie yeah yeah but you know Bioware they they. They know what they're doing in that regard, and they just knew. And they did Mass Effect. That's probably what you're thinking. That's of. what I'm Bioware. thinking is Mass Effect. Yeah. yeah, but it's kind of funny when I think of Knights of the Old Republic. It's it's <clears throat> it's interesting to think of Star Wars as more of these movies that have established these huge game changing things in separate industries. One, you have movies. Two, you have toys with Kenner toys changed everything with the action figures, and then you have coming out in the early 2000s of Knights of the Old Republic that didn't just change Star Wars as a genre for the video games, but it changed the how RPG games are done. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to think that this one franchise has affected so much in our entertainment lives beyond just no. the shows. 
Absolutely. And and I do want to talk about the toys real quick because you brought it up. I hate the new toys. <laughs> I do. Oh, I haven't seen the uh, new toys. I For me, it's like if it's not from 1978 or 1979, then I'm not really interested. Well, they did a good job on the <laughs> release. That's what I, grew, that's what I played ones. with. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was saying, they did a good job on the, the Power of the Force ones in the mid-90s because those were basically exactly like the classic ones, right? And they added some new stuff, but they were very much like the original ones. So the ones in the 90s were, were pretty good. But yeah, I agree with, with Robert here. The, the new ones are... are it's all about I don't the know, they're, they're, they're trying to hit a different, a different market than I, I care for. Dude, I played... Oh, so, okay. I don't remember this kid's name anymore because I was five, six years old. But my my, my dad grew up in Southern California. And every year we went to Newport Beach, and my grandfather had a, a nice house uh, on Buena Vista Avenue. And the kid that lived across the street in one house over had every single Star Wars toys. And I went, and I remember going home, and I was like, "I want." He had, he even had the one the shooting piece that was uh, quickly pulled. Yeah, you know the. Uh, the laser, you know, because there was a choking hazard and it was like, you know. Anyways, I go home and I'm begging my dad to get me Star Wars stuff. He goes, he goes, he goes, every, every single thing. He goes, yeah, because his dad owns Kenner Toys. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I didn't understand. I was like, I don't care. I just want all these Star Wars toys. It wasn't until years later. And I was talking to my dad before he passed away because uh, my dad was always trying to invest into things. And he tried to invest in the Kenner toys, but they had just gotten the Star Wars contract. And they're like, nah, that's okay. We're good. <laughs> yeah. We're good. Yeah, Those toys, I mean, it seems like under Lucasfilm, or not Lucasfilm, under Disney, Lucasfilm under Disney, they just don't know how to market that. And that was the genius of George Lucas. He knew how to market the toys. He knew what kids were going to want, and he knew how to do it. I mean, take a look back in the 70s and 80s. When the first movie came out, they didn't have toys created. They didn't have toys ready. So you had to pre-order the toys. You know, you would get a card in the mail with the, a picture of the action figures. You're like, hey, I'm going to have that. I'll have that. Once it's created, I'll get it. But until then, I have this cardboard thing with the characters on it. Like, that's that's what they did. And people ate it up. You know, now you take a look. Like, they do Force Friday every once in a while, uh, right before a big movie, you know, big uh, a movie comes out. And that's where they release all their merchandise. It's kind of their start to their promotion, their their big promoting of the film. And it came out, or you know, this past even this past Force Friday came, and there was maybe a handful of toys. Not only that, but they upped the price by a hundred times. Like it's twice the amount that it was before. It, it's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous what they're doing with toys now. And not only that, like I was saying, that it's the point of the the different point of articulation, you know, of the. The toys, the old Power of the Force ones, they had four points of articulation. Now they have, I think, eight points of articulation. And your characters can't stand because their legs bend and they fall over. It's like, what the heck is the point? Like, if I buy toys, I used to collect. When I was younger, I collected. I didn't play with them. I bought them and collected them. And I would stand Nerd. them up on my on my dresser and everything. Thanks. <laughs> I would stick them <laughs> on my dresser and everything and, and poses. You know, I'd have Luke and Vader sitting there with their lightsabers about to fight. You can't do that with the toys now. And that's just kind of disappointing. And not only that, but they don't put any out, <laughs> you know, like they just like they're, they're $12 a piece. Now who wants to spend $12 on a little six inch, four inch action figure? Yeah. You know, yeah like they're expensive. Absurd. They well, were like, expensive and, though. And back they, in the they day, over, they overdo the black series too. Like the black series has, it gets too much, too much to it. Like the black series used to be like 
the special ones or like the really nice ones. They'd be, you know, they'd be a couple of them come out. Now it's like they do a black series and they do just as many black series characters as they do in the regular series. And so it's like you can buy the regular, you know, six inch or four inch whatever tall they are figure for $12 or the black series for 20, which is the exact same thing, only, you know, two inches bigger. And it's like it, it, yeah. it takes away the specialty of what the black series is supposed to be. I, I agree completely. I, it, it's just unfortunate because I do miss the days of the power of the force figures. I, I remember going to, there was a store called Farmore or Hills or, you know, Kmart, you know, those were the stores I, I was going to. And I'd walk in that store and I'd be like, bye mom. You know, and I just run off to the toy section. I'd just be sitting there looking at a wall of star Wars toys, trying to find the one that I needed. You know, you, you can't even do that anymore. Like my kids, they, they're into star Wars. They're not as much of, of a fan as I was at that age. I mean, electronics kind of ruined that now, but we would sit <laughs> down and, and or not sit down, but we go to the store and I'm like, Hey, pick a star Wars toy. And there's like three toys hanging there. One of which is a lightsaber. It's like, all right, right. we have 14 lightsabers, so we don't need another one. And there's nothing else for them to get. It's just, it's aggravating. It just annoys me. Like, do better. Disney do better. <laughs> do better. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, I mean, like I said, it's, Shooting a Sith is, is great, you know, and, and just talking Star Wars all the time. If anybody's listening to this, please reach out to me. If you're a fan and you just want to talk Star Wars, let me know. I'm on Twitter. People have been hitting me up left and right on Twitter like, hey, I'll talk Star Wars with you. Hey, I'll talk Star Wars with you. And I'm just setting times up to sit down and talk with them. That's awesome. that's all it is. I, I just want to talk Star Wars. And getting different points of view is always great to do because Colton and I have been doing – podcasting now for like two three years granted with the hiatus uh, hiatus in between but we have like the same views on everything so it's just like we're talking <laughs> to ourselves when we're talking so it's nice to get different people in and involved uh, i spoke with uh, mike peacock the other day from misery point radio peacock diehard star peacock, wars fan he loves it and uh we had a great conversation. We could have gone for probably another two hours, but we had a uh, a meeting with the spoiler verse, so we had to get <laughs> off for that. But <laughs> he's Peacock's fun to talk with about anything, really. Yeah, yeah, he's got a great setup, great great voice for radio. Uh, I told, I keep telling him uh, he and, and no offense to you two there, but he has the best sounding podcast I've ever heard. Yeah, he, he, he does. I'm offended. I mean, but yeah. Yeah, you can get the fuck off this network now, right now, dude. Right, you get the fuck off. You are done. Cancel. But you know, kidding, the, kidding. the difference is, is like Peacock literally has like ten thousand dollars worth of equipment sitting around him. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's been recording music and making music. Uh, well, see, I met Peacock when we were both 15, fourteen years old, and we both started playing guitar at the same time. Uh, I have to work at playing guitar and I have to play for a while to get back in. And, and if I step away for a couple of years, then it's like starting over again where he just kind of took to it like a fish to water. Right. And gotcha. so he really got into it and wanted to be, wanted to have bands, wanted to tour, wanted to make music, do all that kind of stuff. And he did it for a long time. And so he's just, you know, he's got a, he's got a full on home studio at his house where he can, he can record a 10 piece band. No problem with all the mics yeah. and all the setup and everything. So it makes a lot of sense that his, yeah. his he sounds so good in his setup. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's, that's probably my, my favorite, uh, 
podcast when it comes to just the way it sounds. I mean, it, it's it's phenomenal. It's so clear. <laughs> I don't know how else to, right. to explain. You can tell the difference. And comparing it to even some of those bigger podcasts that are out there, quote unquote, bigger podcasts. But you know, like the like all these actors now in Hollywood are trying to start their own podcast. They've been doing it for a couple of years now, and you know, you would think, hey, they got the money. They're gonna you know dish some. Um, money into all this and, and they don't you know it, it's basically just they they get one one mic and a laptop and they're like here we go you know <laughs> well, a lot of do. actually it's a lot of them like, like hire someone to come do it all for them they just get the microphone and talk and somebody else does yeah. all the other like, all the editing all the putting it together all, all the engineering and stuff i mean yeah uh, I, I i would love to be able to have somebody edit everything for us yeah. <laughs> i mean we're so far off from that but it would be great but there's a part of me that feels like you need to cut your teeth and you need to do that yeah. I think it makes you a better podcaster, a better person to uh, understand the ebb and flows of how to have a conversation, how to correctly talk into the mic, how to uh, not use a lot of filler words like us and ums and 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 you know all that kind of stuff. I think the more you edit, the more conscious you are of that, and then you will start to take those out on your own. When we first yeah. started out, I remember like the first four or five um both of us which see i just did a filler word yeah <laughs> but both and i don't but we don't do it as much both of us were having a hard time with it johnny was a little worse than i was and that's no offense because i remember i pointed out he was he was like well you're doing it too and i'm like yeah but take a when you edit the next one listen he's like oh my god and he <laughs> consciously said oh my god i gotta fix this and within like i don't know 20 episodes both of us had hardly any uh, got to the point where even if we did say a filler word, we didn't care anymore because it was so far between. Yeah, so little. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I mean that's kind of how it's been with me. I mean, I, I was wasn't doing it for a year, so I kind of got a little rusty with it. But the one thing that Colton and I always try to do is no dead air. So, like, and what really helped is we would sit in the same room doing it. So as we're talking and as I'm talking about something, he could see and, and tell when I'm about to, to stop talking. So he would get ready to say something. And that was kind of the nice thing about it. And you're right. I, listening to a lot of those other other shows, you can tell all the editing. Sometimes some of it is so bad. You could tell that they had to edit so much out. And, uh, you know, today, in today's world, you know, people want like clear podcast. I mean, it's gotten so big over the last 10 years. People can tell when things are just chopped the hell and back and people don't want to listen to that. At least that's what I've, I've noticed. No, I a hundred percent agree. I, I think today, I mean, I don't want to discourage people from going out and starting a podcast. You know what I mean? I think it's a wonderful thing that yeah, do it. I've said this so many times that I didn't realize how depressed I was until I started podcasting until I started creating something. And I felt like a void, a hole in my life was being filled, you know? But it, it's interesting you say that. I mean, for me, after my divorce, I was lost. I had nothing going for me. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there like, man, I'm depressed. I go to work, come home, go to work, come home, go to work, come home. And then finally, just one day I was like, hey, Colton, want to start a podcast? And we sat down and started podcasting and my, my entire life changed. Like I got out of my, my depressive state and everything like that. That's the, the beauty of podcasting because it gives you something to do and you talk in, about something you love. So it's audio therapy. Absolutely. Yep. I yep. Yep. Never discourage anybody from podcasting. Never discourage anybody from doing anything creative. Yeah. Go and do it. Yeah. And being and building on top of that, you know, if you don't have the right equipment right now, earbuds and your phone, you can do it. You can start and you can 
start building an audience and start an idea and, and actually start doing things. You can even edit on your phone right now. It's crazy. Yeah, you can. You can do all this stuff and you can get out there and start a podcast. And if you guys need help, if you're listening to this and you need help, reach out. We'll help you. Yeah, you know, for sure. We might not give you all the greatest advice, <laughs> but we'll give, but you, we'll our give advice. you the advice of, of our experience of what we went through. And uh, it's again, so much fun. That's the great thing about the podcast community. I mean, that's that's kind of what happened with me. I, I met Deej uh, in a podcast group on Facebook, Deej Penhalo of Nerdtalkalypse Podcast. And he pushed me in the right direction. He was like, hey, do this, do this, do this. This will make everything sound better. And we started doing things like that. He, he helped us with feature images and, and, and logos and stuff like that. It was phenomenal, which through Deej, I then met John and things have just blown up since then. So, you know, the podcast community is very helpful, uh, especially on Facebook. So if it is something you want to do, absolutely find a good group on Facebook. Just start, post your stuff on there. People will help you out. It, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. It's, it's kind of funny. We've talked about how to do a podcast two days in a row now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's actually awesome. It is awesome. All right, guys. I think... If we stay on much longer, we're going to forget why we're here, which is for shooting Sith. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Go to spoilerverse.com. Go hit the little spyglass. Do a search for shooting the Sith. That's S H O O T I N T H E S I T H. Or just look up Slavensky, and then all the episodes will pop up. And take a listen. And then go into your favorite podcatcher on your phone and subscribe to shoot in the Sith. You won't be disappointed. You'll have a lot of fun. And like you just heard Robert talk about, get a hold of him. If you want to talk Star Wars, he's the man to do it with. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Any parting words? Uh, Just enjoy life, stay safe, and may the Force be with you. Perfect. (laughs) Oh, May the Force is coming up. Are you guys having anything special? Oh, Actually, John and I have been throwing some ideas around for it, so I think we'll have something pretty cool lined up. I, I'm I'm releasing my interview with the Outer Impraxium that week as well, so look out for that, because that, that was an excellent interview and discussion with them. Nice. Nice. All right, guys. Well, I think that's a show, Johnny. Yeah, that's a show, man. That's a show. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, go to spoilerverse.com. We have so much stuff for you to check out. So many amazing shows, not just shooting the Sith, but you have this one, Spoiler Country. You have Polygon Warriors. You got Misery Point Radio. You got Bridgie the Geekdom. You got Nerdtoculips. You got, if you want to re-celebrate last year's Christmas, you have Cup of Cheer you can go yeah. and listen to. What else they got going on there, Johnny? I mean, you got articles from Jay Rose and, and Sarah Kay and everybody else on there. Rob writes a bunch of articles. Colt does a bunch of articles. There's... So much stuff you can read on on various movies and games and TV shows or the supernatural stuff or just the thoughts of what's going through Jay's head for the day because he has uh, he writes some very interesting articles out there that I love reading and uh, there's just so so much you can go check out at spoilerverse.com that if you don't do that then you're not doing yourself a favor <laughs> you're not doing yourself a flavor that's right <laughs> all right guys don't forget. In an ocean's a podcast, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and read more. He almost said Capulu again. <laughs> I know, it was like Capulu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, said stop. Stop.